0: Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Spurs Up show, the game Cox podcast on the internet. Today is Monday, February the 1st, 2021. And on today's show, let's talk it out. South kind of goes on the road, loses to Vanderbilt 93 to 81. Commodore's getting their first SEC win. Gamecocks now sitting here wondering, confusion. What in the world? Where do we go from here? I- I'll try to break it all down, guys, and really I'll vent with you here on a Monday. Also, your listener questions, of course. And I've got a great conversation lined up for today, guys. A guy that. I've been wanting to get him on the show for a while. We've talked about it for a while. We manifested this. Ben Upton of the 11.7 podcast. You might be asking yourself, Chris, what is the 11.7 podcast? So they focus on college baseball. And I figure with us being 17 days away, a little bit over two weeks away from opening day, what better way to bring it in than talk to Ben Upton of the 11.7 podcast. Again, we talk about a little bit of everything. College baseball, Gamecock baseball, Major League baseball, his playing days, his show, All that good stuff. Got a fantastic show lined up, guys, for you here on a Monday, and it's all brought to you by our friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, Upstate Movers Group, superior moving service. They bring care and attention other companies can't offer because they're just too busy maintaining trucks and profiting off of them instead of focusing on service. Guys, service is what separates Upstate Movers Group from the competition. They're not a trucking company, by the way. They are a moving services company, and they're also employee-owned co-op. Their movers are paid twice the industry average, and everyone on the crew is invested in your success, guys. They have dedicated professional crew members, and they also offer black glove service. They offer end-to-end packing services, custom crating and packaging for special items, and cleaning services as well. They're founded by Greenville Natives, and University of South Carolina alumni, guys, so a Gamecock-owned small business. They also offer 20 years of project management moving experience, and they can offer logistics and solutions that traditional moving companies simply do not have the skills for. Guys, whether you're in the upstate or across the state of South Carolina, if you have any moving needs in 2021, be sure to check out my friends over at Upstate Movers Group. Guys, of course, you can find them on social media. At Upstate Movers Group, or if you have any more questions, concerns, whatever, go to their website, Upstate Movers That is Upstate Movers guys. Be sure to check them out and tell them Chris from the Spurs Up Show sent you. Let's get it. Monday it is. Um, I really thought we'd be sitting here on a Monday morning or Monday afternoon or whenever you're tuned in. I really thought we'd be sitting here on a Monday chatting on a more positive note, talking about how this Gamecocks basketball team got back to 500 in SEC play and did it impressively and and took care of a hapless Vanderbilt team that hadn't won a single conference game. There's only won, like, I think, four conference games in the last, like, two years or something, three years. But that is not the case. Folks, first things first. Hope you're all doing well. Happy February, by the way. February the 1st, 2021. And the thing, if you want a little bit of joy into your uh, into your Monday, into your start off with February, if you want a little bit of joy, hey, look on the bright side. Gamecock Baseball starts this month. We sit here 17 days away from opening day. Obviously, guys, I'll continue along with the season preview series tomorrow and Thursday. Thursday, most likely, breaking down Gamecocks positions, the position unit previews and stuff going into opening day. Uh, Really, really excited to continue and do that. I think we've got shortstops and third baseman this week. So really exciting stuff. But again, we got to start with and we got to focus on, I I was thinking to myself before I went live, I was like, I I don't know if this conversation is going to be five minutes or five hours. Like, I I don't know if I have nothing to say or a ton to say um, after that game on Saturday. Again, Vandy 93, South Carolina 81. Uh, just going down the stats first. Let's talk stats first. Gamecock shot 50% from the floor, 43% from three. A good shooting night. Again, 64% from free throws. Whatever. That is Gamecock basketball at this point. But overall, pretty solid offensive night. You had a guy like A.J. Lawson with 21. Seventh uh, Woods had 11. Justin Manaya had 11. Trey Hannibal had 10, played a really good game. Keyshawn Bryant had 13. On the flip side, Vandy shot 49% from the field and 39% from three-point range. You take a look at this game again. I I, I don't even know that I have the words, guys. I, I really don't. I really don't because this, this is why I told you guys, by the way, I wasn't picking South Con to win again. And, and, of course, I slipped up. I gave the Gamecocks the benefit of the doubt, and I picked them to win the basketball game. And I should have known better i really really should have known better it, again do you want to blame it on covid is that what we're gonna do after every single loss is blame it on covid is that what we're gonna do guys is that we're gonna what we're gonna do after every single loss Vanderbilt guys led this game at one point by 26. do you realize that 26 i mean sure south kind of, you know tried to come back in the second half and, and, and lost by 12. Which is insane that I'm trying to make that sound better. Heck, you were a five point favorite. And again, we're talking about a Vandy team that hadn't won a conference game. They now sit five and eight overall, one and six in the conference. Meanwhile, South Carolina, four and six overall, two and four in the conference. Again, what is there really to say? I, I mean, I, I said it Saturday night after the game, which, yes, guys, I, I had a couple of beverages, was out and about. We had our watch party. And honestly, watching this team, you need as many as you can get. You need as many cold beverages as you can get watching this group of guys. So I was fine, but you know, it was a couple beers deep. I'm not gonna lie to you. But as I said Saturday night, and I've said before, our basketball program, certainly our team this year, but our basketball program is is not good enough for the the common fan to care to invest their time, to invest their emotion, to invest their resources. And you guys probably saw it on social media, people talking about, you know, I didn't even watch the game. Cuz what's the point? We have we have reached that level of apathy. We have. We we've reached it. Whether this is a COVID season or it's not a COVID season, guys, again, at some point you got to stop pinning losses on COVID. You got to stop pinning losses on not practicing. You got to stop pinning losses on guys being out when when most of your team is available. I mean, guys, like, again, if that's going to be the excuse game after game after game, just can't, then we'll just stop talking about the games. Like, what's the point? When you take the expectation to win out of sports, that is a sad spot to be in. And I will get it out of the way. I'm not saying fire Frank Martin yet again. I'm really, really not. I'm not. I'm not. But the reality is the Gamecock basketball program is a joke. It's a joke. Cool, we made a Final Four. That's awesome. That's great. It was a great run. Special. Hey, I went thrift shopping over the weekend, found a sick program from the 2016-2017 basketball season. Really cool. Got it in the studio now. Really nice. I mean, I've also still got the, uh, like, the newspaper from when South Carolina advanced to the Final Four. Like, that's a great memory. But in no capacity. Is this program at this current time in a good spot? It's not. And again, I, I'm I'm not saying that firing Frank Martin would be the solution. I'm really not. But I'm just I'm just calling as I see it. I'm just making the point that this basketball program is broken, flat out. And again, you can hit me with every excuse in the book about Gamecock basketball. Oh, Chris, you know, remember Darren Horn? Remember this? Remember that? Our our tradition, our history. That's totally fine. But, again, there are other schools out there that are not basketball schools, that are not Blue Bloods, that are finding a way to win games and win it enough of a clip to be ranked, to go to the tournament, you name it. They're figuring out a way to do it. Because, again, we could dive into this game from Saturday with Vandy, the X's and O's, and, oh, this team did this. They're showing improvement. No, bro, you got blasted by a bad Vandy team. Bottom, there's no way to spin what we saw Saturday. No way. No way. There's no way to spin it. You lost to a bad Vanderbilt team. It's a horrid loss. And you can, I mean, I, I don't know if there was any doubt before this game. You can officially kiss those tournament hopes goodbye if, if there were any at all. I mean, I, I don't know that there were with the way this season has gone, how it started, whatever. But if there, if there were any remaining tournament hopes, you can kiss those goodbye. Again, you like what A.J. Lawson did, 21 points. I'm I'm really looking for positives. But, again, one of my keys to the game, slow down Scottie Pippen Jr. You you, you knew going in he was their one guy. He was really their one guy. 23 points, 8 for 8 from the free throw line, 6 of 10 overall field goals, 3 of 5 from three-point range. Dude, this freaking Maxwell Evans, where did he come from? 29 points. DeSue was 17. I mean, this is not a good Vandy team, guys. They only had two players coming in to sue and Pippen Jr. averaging double-digit points. Only two guys. I mean, there again, there's just no way to spin it. The defense, I mean, my God, how in the world is this the same team we saw against Georgia? How? Just just how? How can that be? It doesn't make sense. And I feel like, you know, guys, I, I, I dare I make this comparison? I feel like Gamecock basketball is very much in a similar spot that Gamecock football was in in the 2020 season or just the state of the program, if that makes sense. I'm not saying the seasons have gone exactly the same, but the state of the program. And the state of the program is this. Gamecock basketball in the last, we'll say, five, six years, you want to say the decade, whatever, has had some decent moments, has had some success, you know, has had some success. But overall, it is a program of mediocrity that is marred by inconsistency and and falling short of expectations. Like I said after the Auburn game, you're at a crossroads as a basketball program. And again, I am not saying to to pull out the axe after this crazy COVID season. I'm not trying to use it as an excuse, but it's a real thing. It's been a reality. But you're at a crossroads as a program. You know, do you want to be a team that year in, year out competes for the tournament? Again, I, somebody on social media, dude, just going off about this on Twitter, you know, talking about the expectations and, and and this. I don't think South Carolina fans have even close to unrealistic expectations. Not like not even close. There is no Gamecock basketball fan that is saying that, oh, the next coach or whenever that happens The next coach has got to make the tournament every single year. Like, nobody's saying that. But making it once every three or four years, like, that feels really doable at South Carolina, guys. That that feels more than fair. And, I mean, I would say for every single sport on campus, the minimum expectation should be to make the postseason in some capacity. Are you going to make the tournament every year? Absolutely not. But, dude, making the NIT – like, bro, you should never miss the United States. Are you going to have that that every now and then year where things don't wait? Hey, yeah, everybody has those years, or most everybody does. But the minimum expectation for any sport on campus should never be shorter than missing the postseason. Like, making the postseason should be the minimum expectation, no doubt. And this basketball program, like I said, it's, it's just got to take a long, hard look in the mirror and decide what it wants to be. Because, again, I understand the challenges at South Carolina. I understand it's difficult. And I understand this season has been topsy-turvy. Can you really judge? I guess not. Uh, Again, and that's frustrating for me because, okay, season's a wash. Okay, this doesn't matter. Oh, COVID. Oh, that. They're still going out there and playing the games, guys. If there's already a built-in excuse to lose, then what is the point? Why are we even watching the games? Why am I even talking about it? Is baseball going to get the same excuse? Well, Muschamp didn't get the excuse, not, nor, not saying he should have. Hey, football certainly didn't get the excuse. Why is basketball getting a free pass in this? I know they were out because of COVID. I, we all understand what's going on. But, dude, at some point, as you get further away from the COVID stuff, people missing... And and like you can I I feel like you can tell that I'm not like a I'm not nearly the diehard basketball fan that I am the diehard football fan when it comes to the Gamecocks, because if I was a diehard basketball fan, I probably would be saying fire Frank Martin. I I really would. But there's a couple of reasons why I'm not. And you guys know a lot of the reasons. I really just don't have the freaking energy to, to do it again, because, again, like I said before, being the fire must champ guy was exhausting. It really was. It really, really was. I also don't think there's a clear guy out there where it's like, oh, we got a fireman, and we're going to upgrade. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think – I don't know that that guy exists. I don't know. But I will tell you this, and again, I don't know if it's going to come this year. I don't know if it's going to come next year or the following. We're definitely on the back end of, 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 the, of the Martin tenure at Carolina. There's no question. We're on the back end. Like, this, this is – it's closer to being over than it is from the start. You know what I mean? I, I, I will say this, if Frank Martin's the head coach at Southcon in five years, I would be utterly shocked. I, I really, really would. I'd be shocked. Okay. But, you know, people bring up great points uh, about this program, the challenges and stuff like that. But I honestly think whenever that time happens again, I don't know if it'll be this year, next year, whatever. I want to see Gamecock basketball do exactly what football has done. Roll the dice. Because people love to ask, who are you going to replace them with? Who are you going to replace them with? Who are you going to replace them with? Bro, you don't stay in a bad relationship with a girl because you don't know who the next girl's going to be or, or vice versa with a guy, whatever. If you're a female out there listening. like you, you don't keep yourself in a bad situation because of future uncertainties. You just don't do it. And I just feel like, again, Frank Martin is very well-liked across the Gamecocks fan base. Like, I mean, dude, he is by far the most defended coach on campus outside of Don Staley. The most defended. You can't say a single negative word, single critical word about this guy, even if it's true, without the Frank Martin stands coming out of the woodworks. Man, I've had to mute so many people on Twitter because I say one thing about Martin, just blowing up the mentions. It's like, okay, you obviously cannot handle criticism very well Okay, be on your way. No biggie. So, Frank Martin is still really liked in the Gamecock fan base, which is great. But whether you love the guy or you hate the guy, or you want to justify that, oh, this, this, this run of the last five, six years has been great. And like, and, it, and I'm not saying it hasn't. Like The basketball program has very much improved since Martin took over. But with all that being said, I feel like you're getting to a point in the program where it's like, it just feels very stagnant. You know what I mean? Like, very stale. There is no excitement. Like, are people excited to watch Gamecock basketball anymore? I think the answer is kind of obvious. It's just so, I mean, and again, a game like Saturday in Nashville literally summarizes... What Gamecock fans have been dealing with the last, and it ain't just this year. Last three, four years, two, three years, whatever, since 2017, the Final Four run that you didn't take advantage. I'll ask you this: I, I love posing this question, and again, you can't take it away. This is all hypothetical, but I just wonder in my own mind: Would Frank Martin be the coach here if that Final four, if they'd have went to the the the, uh, the tournament that year and lost to Marquette in the first game? Like, would he still be the coach here? Really? Like, would the would the approval rating be what it is? Because, again, I said it after Auburn, and I'll continue to say it. I understand where a lot of Gamecock fans are coming from in the sense that for a lot of you guys, for a lot of Gamecock fans in general, that Final Four was the highlight of their USC fandom. I, literally, it stands above everything else, and that is totally fair. But this program, like where it's at right now, and again, whatever. You want to say the season's a wash? Fine. Like, whatever. Say it's a wash. Say it's a wash totally fine why are we why are we even suiting up to play why are we cutting on the tv to watch i don't know but apparently it's a wash like i said wasn't a wash for football hey it ain't gonna be a wash for mark kingston i can tell you that right now hey carolina baseball don't make the postseason this year y'all gonna give him a pass too and again i i i'm not trying to like shit on basketball today But, hey, that's why I love Gamecock baseball because, hey, it's the one sport on campus, again, outside of the women's side of things, on the uh, women's basketball team. Baseball is the one sport on campus that has actual expectations and standards of winning. Bottom line, there, there ain't no gray area. With Gamecock baseball, you are either going to Omaha or you are getting fired. Bottom line, and that's what makes it great. Having expectations is what makes anything great. It's what makes sports great. the The fun is in the winning. If winning wasn't the point, they wouldn't keep score. You know what I mean? Again, like I said, we could really talk about the X's and O's of Saturday, and this is what Vandy did. Or maybe, maybe they're better than. I'm sure there, there are shows out there, people out there, whatever that are that, that will try to sell that to you that Vandy was better than we expected, or, and then you know maybe South Carolina. This, now nah, we just lost a bad Vandy team, bro. We got we got dominated. I mean, South Carolina, South Vandy did the South of what I thought South Carolina did to Vandy, I, really honestly. And you oh, you can talk about, oh, man, well, the, the gym stupid, and, like the depth percep Bro, you're a basketball player. Like, get get out of here with that nonsense. Yeah, they're basketball players, man. Come on. I think pretty much everybody on that roster's played there before. Like, give me a break, dude. <laughs> I mean, Jesus Christ. You know, like, come on. They're basketball players. Don't use the gym as an excuse. Again, I, I like Coach Martin. Coach Martin has done great things for this basketball program. And again, I am not saying firing him is the solution, and I'm not saying to fire him. I'm, I'm, I, again, I, I do not. I, I will let somebody else carry the torch this time unless it gets to a point where it's blatantly obvious and there needs to be a change. made. But it probably won't happen for me this season. Because I continue, I, I think this team this season will continue to be up and down. It'll continue to be inconsistent. You'll never know what you're going to get. Hey, we knowing this team, we're probably going to go beat Florida. What Tuesday or Wednesday or whatever when we play. We'll, we'll probably go beat Florida at their place. It'll make no sense, but we'll do it. You know, I think that'll probably continue to happen. But... You you just can't deny the, the the state of the basketball program and where it's at. I mean, people aren't even ex- apathy apathy set in apathy has fully set in, folks. So buckle up. You know, I, it makes me question like should I should I not be going in on these guys? Like, am I am I being too harsh? <laughs> Again, we're not asking to go win a title. We we just don't want to lose to Vandy by double digits. We don't want to get dominated by an zero and six. SEC team. It, it's just it, it's it's beyond words frustrating. It's beyond words frustrating. Um, I don't know. You know, I, I where, where does Gamecock basketball go from here? Because again. Like I said, I think it's going to continue in the sense where this team is extremely inconsistent. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they beat Florida. I, I really wouldn't because we saw it again from Auburn to Georgia to Vandy. You just never know what you're going to get with this team. And again, this year will be labeled as the COVID year. It'll be a wash. Martin's coming, but no big deal, whatever. Martin will come back. We'll, we'll do it all over again next year. <laughs> we'll we'll just we'll strap up and do it all over again next year. And, and that'll be totally fine and dandy and whatever. Um, But, yeah, guys, I don't know what the answer is. I really don't. I, I don't know what the answers are. I don't know how you can be so bad, h- how you can be so inconsistent and so good one night defensively and then so bad the next. So bad. Laughably bad. And I'm, I'm really trying to be nice and not go in on a couple of players on the team because there's a couple of guys, one in particular, that I'm not even going to say his name, how this dude continues to be in the starting five is baffling. It's so baffling. It's so baffling. It really is. You guys know who I'm talking about. It's, it's very obvious who I'm talking about. But again, like I said, yeah. as a whole, I, I don't know. Again, you, you can continue to use COVID as a crutch and the lack of practice time. But again, the more games this team plays – without interruptions, like, the farther we're getting away from the whole COVID stuff. And at the end of the day, it's still basketball. Like, you just can't tell me, like, Vandy's more talented than Carroll. Like, I don't believe that. Like, they have one good player. They have one good player. And you just let them take you to the woodshed. I mean, 52 to... 52 to 37 at half. You gave up... 52 points and a half to a team that hadn't won an SEC game that came in averaging, like, 71 points. I mean, it's insane. It's crazy. It's crazy. Like I said, I I wish I was coming today with some answers. I I don't have them. I I simply don't. Hey, I'm just along for the ride like you guys. I don't have any answers. I don't have any deep insight on this. guy. I'm just as confused as you guys are, dazed and confused. I feel like exactly how I felt last Monday after you lost to Auburn. I mean, honestly, just don't. Where do we go from here? Okay, (laughs) where where do you go from here? Because I mean, like I said, that you know, you had that week of of Georgia and Vandy, and you felt like, hey, man, we can go two and zero this week. We'll get back to five hundred. Blah blah blah. Whatever. You felt good. You're like, okay, we took care of business against UGA. We'll do it against Vanderbilt. Whatever. We'll take advantage of these lesser teams. <laughs> lesser teams, quote-unquote. Yeah, that, that was a, that's a good one. Lesser teams. No, we are the lesser team. <laughs> We're the lesser team. But now you look. Wednesday, you go to Gainesville to take on Florida. That's probably an L. Saturday, you got Mississippi State at home. Maybe that'll be interesting. <laughs> then the next Tuesday, you got Alabama. Ooh, buddy. They're having a hell of a season. Then you got Ole Miss at Tennessee, Mizzou at Mississippi State, at Georgia, and then Arkansas to close it out. I, I don't know. I, I I don't know. Like I said, after Auburn again, I, like, can this season? What what can you really salvage out of this season? Like, I don't know. Like, I, I really don't. I, I think this season, again, most fans are saying it's a wash. Maybe I should just say it's a wash. Maybe I should just kind of take the 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 emotion out of it. Honestly, I mean, I why care? Why? Why care if there's already a built-in excuse to lose? Why care? So, again, th- this this is the reality, though, of the Gamecock basketball program where we sit right now. The way you feel, the way fans feel, that's the reality. We're a painfully average program, with again a-, a coach that's brought us a little bit of success. The Final Four run was incredible; nobody's denying it. But we're just we're a painfully average and inconsistent program right now. Bottom line. And again, I just, I truly don't think Gamecock fans are asking for the world here. And again, Martin's not going to get fired this season, guys. Martin is not going to get fired. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there right now. COVID, you just paid your freaking football coach 13. And I know the boosters paid, but still, you, you paid all this money to get your football coach out. I mean, it's not happening. It's not so. So me, me holding the torch of the fire frame Martin thing would be pointless, anyways. But you know, it's not happening. So, but where where do we go from here? I, I don't know. I, I genuinely do not know. <laughs> I mean, I guess we'll just strap it up and do it again Wednesday. But I mean, it just there's no way to sugarcoat it. That that was a that was a pitiful, embarrassing loss. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. So I don't know. What do we got? Two, four, six, eight, nine. We got nine SEC games left and three that are supposed to be rescheduled. I guess all you can say at this point, guys, let's just have fun. <laughs> let's just have fun watching them because, again, obviously the, the COVID excuse is built in already. They're, they're, the season's a wash. Oh, like whatever, you know. <laughs> okay. All right. That's what it is. So, all right, guys, that's going to wrap it up. <laughs> I, I I could, like I said, I could go on all day just with the the – it's baffling. It's just mind-blowing. Mind-blowing to think we lost by 12. To ben. And, again, we were down by 26 at one point. The game was, like, never even in doubt. The game was a joke. The game was a joke. And this program right now is a joke, Honestly. So you got to find a way to get the fan base back. Bottom line, again, pe- people can sugarcoat it. People can defend Martin, defend, defend. that That's totally fine. And I, this is, again, this is not me sa- saying fire Frank Martin, but you need to get out of your feelings. If, if a statement like this hurts you, Frank Martin's got to find a way to get the fan base back. I, bottom line, I mean, hey. He can, he can bitch and moan and complain about, oh, you know, a football spring practice gets more coverage than my game. Bro, this is a football school, bottom line. Hell, it's more of a baseball school than it's a basketball school, Frank. If you don't like it, boo-hoo, go somewhere else. You got to win on the hardwood. You got to put out a product for fans to care. Bottom line, sorry, is what it is. That's the case for 95% of the other SEC schools. You got to win. You got to put a product on the floor for fans to give a damn. In the SEC, you, you just have to. You just flat out have to. You just flat out have to. So something's got to happen. Something's got to give, man. So, something has to give. Bottom line. Okay, let's move to your listener questions. Like I said, I, I I could go all day. This guy's, like I said, this is really just a Monday therapy, just a vent session. So you guys leave your, uh, you know, your, whatever you want in the comments, uh, whatever, you know, I'm, I'm sure there'll be plenty of them today. But uh, get it out. It's, it's, it's best to get it out. Don't keep it Don't keep it bottled up. Just get it out. Let the anger flow, and and we'll have a hell of a Monday. All right, we got a couple listener questions. Uh, Mike.Edward07, who would you like to see replace Kitchings? Uh, I thought, J- honestly, Corey Boyd. I would. A lot of, hey, I mean, Marcus Lattimore, sure, but I think Corey Boyd would be awesome, man. But whatever. Whoever Shane Beamer brings in, um, I- I'll feel really good about. You know, from people I've actually talked to in the building, I I even asked, like, hey, you know who the new running backs coach is going to be? They're like, man, Shane has kept that thing sealed tight. This man can keep a secret. So, you know, um, selfishly Corey boy, because he played at Carolina, but I mean, whatever, you know, whoever Coach Beamer goes with, hey, listen, whoever the running backs coach is, they're they're in a great spot because you got Marshawn Lloyd and Kevin Harris. That's boom, one, two. Got your bell cows back there. They're going to have a lot of fun coaching those guys. Last question here. Austin G underscore 45 with Kevin Harris emerging as RB1. What does Marshawn Lloyd's role look like? And that's a great question. And that will certainly be one of the lead storylines going in this 2021 football season. I'm, I'm telling you guys, though, love Kevin Harris, the bus, love the dude. Fantastic player. But I'm telling you guys, if Marshawn Lloyd is the dude that he was advertised to be, like, if he comes back fully healthy and is still, you know, for the most part himself, if you will, dude, I think he's probably going to be the starter. I, I You know, it, maybe not the first game, but if he's truly that dude, and, again, I've, I've talked to guys that, you know, one in particular, a player on the team, who's still on the team, by the way. I talked to him about this. He said, dude, Marshawn Lloyd is that guy. Like, he, he's the real deal which is exciting. That's not a bad thing. That's not dissing Kevin Harris at all. Hell, that's a great thing. If you're telling me there's a guy on campus, there's a guy in that room that's better than Kevin Harris and he just ran for a thousand, that's a great problem to have, man. So, listen, I I don't know. It's going to be listen, it's going to be more of a 1A 1B situation anyways. Like I don't even think it's going to be RB1 RB2. It's 1A 1B. They're going to use both guys a ton. Both guys are going to play. Both both guys are going to play a lot. How are they going to divvy up the carries? I don't know. I think it'll probably come down to they'll feel it out game by game. Whoever gets hot, gets hot. I mean, whoever's got the hot hand, give it to them. Whoever's feeling it that day, give it to them. So, you know, some days you might see Kevin with 25 carries and Marshawn with 11 or 12, and some days it might flip. But both of those guys are going to be, I mean, literally the focal points of the offense. Again, I know everybody loves to talk about the, the spread and the Oklahoma and the area. We're going to run the football a lot, guys, and we should. It's the strength of our team. We should run the ball. Again, find creative ways to do so, but we, yeah, I mean, we're in a great spot when it comes to running backs. So, again, guys, thanks for the listener questions. Appreciate you all tuning in. Like I said, appreciate you guys uh, dealing with my rambling and my rant today. Now, got a great conversation. Like I said, in the spirit of baseball, it is February the 1st, and we have Gamecock baseball this month. 17 days, or excuse me, 18 days. 18 days from opening day. If I said 17 days earlier, I apologize. 18 days from opening day, two and a half weeks, and we literally have opening day for Gamecock Baseball. This is a conversation, again, that I've been manifesting for a while, Uh, chatted with this guy a couple of times, and I think I'm probably planning on going on his show at some point as well. But uh, Ben Upton of the 11.7 podcast, guys, and the the relevance of that 11.7 name, you'll have to hear in the show. You'll have to hear in the show. Um, But, yeah, 11.7 podcast, talking college baseball. Again, we break down everything from college baseball as a whole – to his playing days, to kind of what inspired him to start doing the show, to, of course, Gamecock Baseball. We talked about it all. So, again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in again. Daily Crow and podcast all week this week is normal. I I will do a pregame show uh, Wednesday and Saturday for the basketball games as well. Um, But, again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Now, enjoy this interview with Ben Upton of the 11.7 Podcast. All right, joining us today on the Spurs Up show, very excited for this conversation. Obviously, guys, normally we're bringing on Carolina athletes or former athletes or coaches or what have you, but on the show today, again, a guy I've been wanting to get on for a while, and I thought in the spirit of opening day being literally 18 days away, just two and a half weeks until first pitch at Founders Park. Figure why not get him on, let him talk about his baseball knowledge a little bit, and uh Help show Ben Upton of the 11.7 podcast again Ben and I you've probably seen us going back and forth on Twitter a bunch we follow each other on social media have followed each other for a while now and obviously you guys do a great job talking college baseball and again um, obviously Ben you're a baseball dude um, which I think definitely sets you I feel like you guys are kind of in the college baseball space where I am in the South kind of space just guys being dudes being real natural and organic with it and kind of letting it flow but again Without further ado, Ben up Ben, appreciate you taking the time, man. It's a pleasure to have you on. I'm glad we're able to do this. Yeah,
2: man, Chris, I, I, it's a pleasure to come on the show. I'm a longtime listener. I followed you, well, let's see, on Twitter about two and a half years ago. Yeah, it's been a uh, while. Really, I is. was like, this kid's got something. He's he's good. <laughs> he uh, and my favorite part about you, Chris, is like you don't back down from anybody on Twitter. And I've seen some people give it to you now, and. Oh, yeah. And yeah. you're telling them the truth, and they don't like it. Yeah. They don't like hearing you talk about the cocks being bad at such and such sport, or uh, they need to do this, they need to do that. Uh, I mean, are, are you still blocked by Will Muschamp, by, by the way? No,
1: Will Muschamp didn't block me. It was Gamecock football. Oh, that's uh, right. That's that, was right. The, uh, that was the workings of Justin King. I know that for a fact. So, um, <laughs> but, No, but Muschamp kind of- never blocked me, which was shocking,
2: to be honest yeah. with you. But that stuff gets me fired up, Chris. Like, I love how you don't just conform to the popular opinion. Uh, you know, I'm a big believer in just speaking the truth. And if you're going to make a name for yourself, you might
1: as well do it in what you believe in. So uh, I appreciate you. And uh, I'm happy to be on the show. No, Ben. Appreciate the words, I man. Like, yeah, you definitely make a great point. If you ever want some Twitter entertainment, uh, go to at the Spurs <laughs> Up Show and or at C Philly Nineteen, even, and and you'll certainly get a dose of it. But uh, now, I man, let's jump into it. Obviously, again, the eleven point seven podcast again, focus on college baseball. Um, obviously, you guys talk a lot of SEC. Heck, you're you're right in the heart of SEC country, right? You're in Georgia, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. just uh, I mean, about an
2: hour south of Atlanta. Okay, and uh,
1: yeah, obviously, we have to spend a, a
2: good bit of our time on the SEC just because the talent in the SEC is yeah. is head over heels better than anybody else yeah well i have no problem saying that
1: yeah i was gonna say just take a second to plug the show because again obviously you guys focus on uh you and your co-host by the way yeah. I, I don't want to leave it's dimitri right i don't dimitri, i don't, yeah. don't, don't want to leave dimitri out but j- just kind of talk about the show i'm sure there's a lot of people listening tuning in that don't really even know what 11.7 like what it references I And mean, if you're not really a college <laughs> baseball person you're like what in the world would that mean but just the overall podcast, kind of the, uh, the subject matter and uh, how, you, how you got started with it. I'm curious, how, how did it come up for you? Yeah, so
2: uh, I graduated and played baseball at Mercer University, just an hour south of Atlanta. And when I graduated, I was like, man, I wish there was a way that, you know, I could get some college baseball information, not by scouts, you know, just by normal people. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a couple of friends that were into college baseball and we would talk every once in a while. And so 2018, or let's see, yeah, 2018 rolled around, and I was like, "Shoot, I'm gonna start a podcast and just talk and see how it goes or whatever." And uh, so, me and my my best friend since I was eight years old, James Barry, started it. And first couple episodes, and Chris, you probably you've been through this too. <laughs> probably had like 15 listeners, 20 oh, yeah. listeners. Yeah. You got to start somewhere. People, you got to start somewhere, and we're to. like, we're <laughs> like, should we shut this down? And we're like, no, <laughs> we uh, we're having fun. Right. So about three weeks in the season, one day. I looked at the uh, the podcast ratings, and we were the number one college baseball podcast. And I was like, no way. And I looked, and we had like 650 listeners for that one episode. And I was like, holy crap, James, we might be onto to something. And so kind of how we got the name was 11.7. We wanted something unique to Division One college baseball. And if you're not aware, that's how many scholarships were allotted, even though I think personally it needs to be at least double. At least yeah, double that's, that. That's 11.7 is absurd. It's for 35 guys <laughs> – it's ridiculous. Like, it's just unbelievable. But uh, So we wanted to make it like a lighthearted show where we're not talking numbers. We're not crunching numbers. We're just visualizing the game, seeing what's going on and talking about it because we both had Division One baseball experience. And it's kind of grown into something. I mean, obviously it's not huge or anything, but uh, we're getting about 2,000, 2,500 downloads an episode. And uh, I think it's cool just because we got our own little community in there of players, former players and parents that just sit back and listen to us just – ramble on about, you know, what umpire was the worst on the weekend or, you know, talking about certain ejections or walk on baseball players, you know, it's just the little things that we do that uh, kind of separates us, I guess.
1: Yeah. And like I said, I, I feel like you guys have probably found a really great niche. Cause again, no disrespect to the guys at like D one baseball again, oh, they do and a great job. Yeah. Ken on air. And Aaron I both had on my show and we'll plan on having them back on again. But again, it's kind of like with what I do with the South kind of content. It's like not a, people just want to be able to say, just just like you're having bar talk, you know, just yeah. just dudes hanging out like you're hanging out in the clubhouse. You know what I mean? So um, I definitely think you guys have done a great job because obviously I, I, I tune in. I've listened to shows. Have you guys dropped the podcast, by the way, uh, breaking down the backyard baseball characters and what we, they go to? We have not. But that's going to be on oh, tonight's man. episode. Oh, it's going to be yeah, on that's, tonight's that's episode. I feel like there's going to be a lot of debate stirred up. From that. Let
2: me let me ask you this, Chris. <laughs> if there was a backyard baseball character that committed to South Carolina, who would it be?
1: Well, let me pull up the graphics so I can like reference because like, I I want to have an idea. I will say this, the, you know, I guess I tried to take the easy way out when I said that, Oh, let me get it pulled up. What's the, uh, here we go. When I said, uh, Pablo Sanchez gave me like Adrian Morales vibes, but I, you know, I I feel like that's just such a cop out, dude. I, I looked at it and I was trying to think, I was like, which character would it be? Yeah. Um, I, dude, I don't know. Like, honestly, like maybe Ahmed Khan. I, I don't know. I, I was going to say anything. Ahmed Khan is one, but there was one that I saw
2: and I was like, who's just like a fundamentally sound player that's not going to do anything spectacular, not going to be a first-round draft pick, but is going to produce? Dude, you and know, I- honestly, Ernie Steele gives me JBJ vibes.
1: A thousand percent. With great minds. That, that was it. Great it. Minds?
2: That was it. I was like, who's going to be patrolling center field, yeah. probably a third Dude. or fourth round draft pick, and is going to make an impact in the major leagues? And I was like, Ernie Steele. Dude, Jackie Rally Jr. is Ernie yeah.
1: Steele. Ernie Steele yeah. is Jackie Raleigh Jr. A thousand great percent. <laughs> I mean,
2: yeah. that was as easy as it could be. Yeah,
1: you have it for the podcast now. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Talk, talk a little bit about your baseball journey, man. Like I said, I think that's one of the reasons, obviously, we get along so well and we probably love each other's content is, you know, we're baseball guys. I mean, I, right. I played. I played at Newberry, a little D2 school in uh, South Carolina, which I'm sure you're familiar with. And you played at Mercer, and it's kind of crazy. I see some of your, your tweets about, like, what, I guess Kyle Lewis was your roommate? Yeah, Kyle then, Lewis was I my mean, roommate. Yeah. his baseball card's like a zillion dollars right now on eBay. <laughs> I know. But, hey, that's, I, I think missed out. might be more popular for, like, the baseball cards. And, like, it's crazy. Like, this dude's yeah. card is just blown up. But, like, just talk a little bit about your baseball journey. I mean, I'll give you the floor. Obviously, again, you played at Mercer, and, yeah. you know, from what I've seen, you had a pretty good career there. Right? I'm pretty, pretty sure the Mercer baseball account like made a baseball card for you, which I was they very did. jealous. <laughs> uh, yeah, I might just have had to pull you.
2: some strings for
1: that one. Yeah, but. you probably know, know some people that know some people. But, uh, no, just your baseball journey, man, just kind of what got you in the game. And, I mean, obviously you're a guy that loves the game, no no question. So. For sure. So I can go back to uh, around when I was like 10 years
2: old was when I decided I wanted to play college baseball. And I didn't care what level. It didn't matter. But uh, I went to probably 15 Rice baseball games growing up. Being in, I'm from Houston, Texas. And obviously not an athlete whatsoever. I was just blessed with the ability to hit the ball hard from the left side of the plate. And I knew what my strengths were. I knew what my weaknesses were. And so I practiced hard. Uh, I was overweight for a long, long portion of my, my youth, but you know, overweight meant I had some power. So uh, growing up throughout high school, like I had a pretty good high school career and about six weeks before my senior season, I was getting recruited pretty heavily. Like some local Texas schools, D1s, D2s, JUCOs, mm-hmm. and um then I got mono. And wow. so when I got mono, I dropped 25 pounds. I was like 170 and uh just not in good shape. So I okay. played the like when when I got mono, my recruiting journey was pretty much halted until and, and where are you to...
1: from, by the way, not to cut you off, where are you yeah. from? Originally? Houston, Texas. Oh, okay, that's right, Houston, okay, my bad. Houston, my bad. Texas, Houston. yeah.
2: And so yeah. some of these schools just stopped talking to me, blah, 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 and I was like, all right, whatever, like, got to prove myself. And so I got my weight back up, had a pretty good senior season, and I ended up committing to a school, a small Division One school in Tennessee called Tennessee Martin. Oh, yeah. And so I played, I went there, um, I got some more offers after my senior season, but I stayed true to my commitment, and I uh, played at UT Martin, and- Chris, I'm not kidding. We were the third worst team in division one baseball. <laughs> we were ranked 298 out of 301. We went nine and 43. I had like nine coach, and 43, nine and 43. Oh Chris. My God. And it was an Woo. ugly nine and 43. Yeah. And uh, so our head coach got fired like two weeks before school started in August. So we were, had an interim coach and it was just a, I mean, it was a slop fest, like just no rules, no nothing. Right. And so we got a new head coach coming in and, I decided to leave. I had a really good season there. Um, fun fact: I was a, a freshman All-American, so have that on the resume. I had a good season. boy. And so I just went, and I was like, "I'm going to go back home. I'm going to go play junior college baseball with my best friend James at Blinn, uh, Blinn College and JUCO Bandit. There JUCO Bandit, and <laughs> that was probably my favorite point in my career. It was just yeah. waking up, living, sleeping, breathing <laughs> baseball. That yeah. I mean, classes didn't matter. It was yeah. a joke. Yeah. And so I played full season at Blinn, got recruited by Mercer university. And um, I ended up taking a visit over there in late May while they were in the uh, right after they got done playing Florida state in a regional. Wow! And I was like, dude, it's, it's 303 feet to right field. I'm a left-handed hitter. Like this is going to be my spot. So I ended up signing there and played two seasons there and got to witness the golden spikes award winner, Kyle Lewis, my roommate uh, just tear it up. And uh, after I graduated from Mercer, I was Kind of just looking for a job in baseball, and decided to start the podcast up.
1: Did you have pro? Asp- I mean, obviously you had pro aspirations, but did it? Did it ever like Chris? Not, a shot. Not, not a, a shot. not a shot.
2: I mean, I was very self aware. <laughs> Nobody was looking for a six foot one, two hundred and twenty pound first baseman to go in the draft. So, <laughs> I mean, yeah. I was I was very self aware, and I knew I wasn't athletic enough. But um, you yeah, know, I kind of cut those dreams short about three seasons into my uh, college yeah. career. So, yeah.
1: Hey, don't worry. No, nobody, when I came out, was looking for a left-handed pitcher through 80 <laughs> miles an hour. So believe it or not. Right. right. Um, so what, what years were you at Mercer again? So I was only there two years. I was there in 2016 season and 2017 okay. season. Okay. You, so your college career though, spanned from what? 13, to Four, 14, 14, to 14, 17. To 17? Okay. Yeah. So a little bit after, cause I wanted to ask you and get your take on, cause again, obviously with what I do, Gamecock baseball, right? Just your overall take on Carolina baseball. We'll tie this back into USC. Yeah. Um because obviously you see I'm rocking the uh, the the vintage National Championship yes. 2010. I, mean, I had to do it. Um but you know I was obviously- a huge
2: I will say I was a huge South Carolina baseball fan in high school. Really? Cuz that was okay. when they peaked, you know, back yeah, to back yeah. to back finals appearances, two College World Series titles. I mean, they were were the best players in Houston were trying to go to South Carolina to play.
1: Wild. Wow. Yeah, that's really what, you know, wanted to lead to is just kind of your overall um knowledge of Gamecock baseball memories experiences because obviously I, mean, I I could go on for days but uh yeah man Ray Tanner had that thing humming I mean it really ever since he got there in 97 and I mean from 98 to you know when he retired I mean Gamecock baseball top five program they were looked at as like how a Vandy's looked at right now for or a, sure or a Florida's looked at and I just yeah I was curious from you know obviously you, you being in Houston but Gamecock baseball's doing what they were doing in Omaha I mean Crazy, man. There's some studs I, on those teams, no I doubt. Have a, I have a funny story about South Carolina
2: baseball. So um, me and my travel baseball team from Houston played in that Atlanta World Baseball right. – whatever World Wood, World Wood Bat Baseball, whatever it's called. And opening night, we're playing against um, – I, I forget the guy's name, but he was from Virginia. He was a pitcher, and he was committed to South Carolina. And so we're 7 p.m. on Field 1 in Atlanta – at whatever field
1: that's called i forget was what it called. tyler
2: johnson it could have been he was throwing righty? was he right yeah, oh yeah
1: oh yeah. yeah then it had to be because we yeah. just had johnson and he, he's a virginia guy those throwing, gas
2: throwing fuzz and yeah. meanwhile my team <laughs> right. from houston's all pumped because you know south carolina's assistant coaches are there watching yeah. them yeah. and we're like hey we hit a homer against them we go two for three with two doubles like we got a shot to get there and there was probably a hundred major league scouts and it didn't matter we were focused on the South Carolina recruiting coordinator. We're like, we're trying to show that guy what's up. Not the not the MLB scouts. We don't care about them right now. <laughs> we want to go to South Carolina. So, um, but I mean, that was back when South Carolina was peak form. Like right. like you said, like kind of like a Vanderbilt. Um, and uh, I kind of look at South Carolina baseball now as I'm gonna use a little analogy here, but kind of like Madden, the football game, mm. peaked in 2010, 2011, 2012. <laughs> must have. And now it's just kind of the same thing year in, year out. See, over now now and over I'm again. taking offense because this year's Madden was trash. So. Yeah, I mean, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> but I'm not saying South Carolina is going to be Jeez, trash. But I'm just saying 20, 2009 to in 2012. In comparison to the glory days. Exactly. Yeah. That's peak South Carolina baseball. Yeah. And now it's like ah, it's a good game. I'm going to buy it every year for sure. I'm going to
1: buy it, buy it, buy it. But I'm not going to play it as much as what I used to play it. <laughs> God, that just that sounds like gamecock athletics at this point. Yeah, I, I'm still going to watch. I'm still going to buy it, but I'm not going to enjoy it. I'm not exactly. Enjoy it. Um, no, seriously. I, I, you know, I, I want to get your take too. This is kind of an interesting question, but you being from Houston, being in the state of Georgia again, you're you obviously probably have. I don't want to say biases, but SEC baseball, like you said, it's hard not to like really – because that's where the best baseballs play. Bottom line, just And the for best fans, too. We yes. got to appeal to the best fans. Oh, and I saw you guys <laughs> on social media, on Twitter, with the what, the Mississippi State-Arkansas stuff? Oh, the, yeah. Stirring the pot a little going little bit. back and forth. The players yeah. are getting into it. You got to love that. But – uh I, you know, I'm biased in the sense where I say Carolina Clemson baseball is the best rivalry in college baseball. I, a thousand percent, no, no questions. I was going to say change my mind. If are, are there other because like I try to think off the top of my head, like what are other great college baseball rivalries? And I mean, you can think of a few, but man, Carolina Clemson just it's, off the top of the head, it's Carolina Clemson. The yeah. three game series, especially home, when you think about and then floor the, field, you the can't games in it. Omaha. Like I think that's what makes a difference, bro. Yeah. Those what was it, Omaha, 2011 or 2012? No. Yeah, or, yeah. It was. I was gonna say it was 2010 when they beat them twice. It That's was 2010 it was. when they beat them twice, and the the, yeah. the thing that made that so special was they did that exact same thing in 2002. Just really? Oh, with them. Khalil Green and them yes. on, on Clemson, crushed yeah, them, dude, crushed them. And then 2010, <laughs> same exact thing, and it's it's been wild, man. Like I've had like Blake Cooper on, and man, Blake Cooper's comments on that series, he was like, we, he's like, I knew Clemson didn't want to play us. They they did not yeah. want to play us, and he's like, we went out there and they were the little brother, you know, the thousand percent. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like Clemson football now in South Carolina football. Yeah.
2: That's how it was in baseball back then. Yeah.
1: I mean, you think back to that 2010, from that point on run, like, again, I, I love getting the take of like a neutral fan. Yeah. That's like the craziest run ever. And they-, they won For like, sure. I think, 22 straight postseason games. Like, just from a. They should have he- won he- three three titles in a row. The randomness of baseball, like mm-hmm. th- the fact that was even, that even happened is just. I don't know if it'll ever insane. happen
2: again. I don't think, how how could it? How could it? Unless like Vanderbilt just continues what they're doing, yeah. maybe. But I don't know. The craziest—I mean, another crazy part about college baseball—and it doesn't have to do with South Carolina, right. but I think it was twenty thirteen, twenty four, or twenty fourteen, twenty fifteen when Vanderbilt and Virginia matched up back to back years in the finals. Like that might not ever happen again either.
1: Mm-hmm. So yeah, no, that's a good point. Hey, we'll, we'll move to the current landscape of uh yeah. of baseball. Uh, do you have any are familiarities with uh, familiarities with Mark Kingston or like are you like? Had, yeah, you, I mean, had I, you heard of him before he got the job at Carolina? Oh, Iris? for sure. A yeah. thousand percent.
2: Because he okay. was at like South Florida and yeah. Tulane. I think he was a recruiting coordinator. And uh, what, there was another school that he was. He was
1: at Miami. He won a Miami, yeah. college World Series title, I think, with or whatever yeah. he was on that college World Series team was, with Miami. I, I, I'm just curious because, obviously, again, this is a big year for Mark Kingston coming out. I think his fourth season, um, you know, you had a super regional, missed the postseason, and then COVID season, which I think last year's. Carolina baseball team, I, I think they were hitting their stride um, right going in SEC play, which, uh, yeah. you know, obviously sucked for us all. I know, obviously, specifically mm-hmm. you guys Shoot, covering college baseball. <laughs> but, uh, you know, we already talked a little bit, but we'll, we'll dive into it. Overall thoughts on Carolina baseball. Again, I'm not asking you to you go down the yeah. roster, you know, one through 37 or how many guys they got right now. But like you said, I think it's very, you know, it's very evident where South of baseball fits in right now. But I, I think they're getting back to where they were. I think yeah. they're getting closer. And again... It's really tough because I tell fans like, hey, Carolina might go 500 in the SEC this year and be really, really good. We actually talked about that
2: on the the last podcast, how I would rather see a team go 500 in the SEC than go five or six games above in the ACC. And it's just like that's the that's the way my mindset works. And. So, going back to last season, I thought that South Carolina team proved a lot of people wrong because I saw some preseason predictions where they were finished or projected to finish last or second to last in the SEC. And Mm. that's just not what team they were. I mean, they had the starting pitcher, one two punch with Molzinski, and uh, remind me of the guy's name. Yeah, Thomas
1: Farr. Farr. Yeah. yeah. And then you had Jordan in the Sunday.
2: They had a good rotation last year. Good rotation. And they had something that they had last year that they didn't have in previous years was a good mix of speed and power. So yeah. they had guys that were stealing bases. Um, a
1: couple of guys – I forget their names. I'm not good Yeah, with, no, Yeah, Noah, Noah Myers. But I was going to say, you also had the SEC's home run leader, Wes yeah. Clark, well, at, and at eight at the break. I was about to get to Wes Clark. Wes yeah. Clark just
2: – I mean, besides maybe, like, obviously, Spencer Torkelson and yeah. um, and Craig from Wake Forest and a couple other guys, I thought he was probably the best pure power bat in the college baseball. Right. I mean, the ball just explodes off his bat. And uh, so I thought they had enough last year to go – Above 500 in the SEC, which anytime you go above above 500 in the SEC, you got a good chance to host a regional. So oh, yeah. um, it's a shame that that season didn't play out. But um, I was looking down the roster before the show here today, and <laughs> I do
1: like the mix of JUCO bandits that they have. Oh basically. yeah, dude, Kingston has crushed JUCO, um, Ju- and that's the way you have to do it in yeah. SEC, especially early. I think especially early when you know, man, college baseball recruiting it, it's so yeah. ridiculous, like how early it starts, and I think. Yeah, I mean that's and you look at SouthCon as a whole, they've they've done very well. Even going back to Tanner, even going back to those 6-11-12 yeah. teams, they've done very well with, with JUCO guys. And sure. and the best part about recruiting
2: JUCO wise <laughs> in college baseball is it gives you a chance to get old fast and stay old for the long period. Because right. those JUCO guys will come in, they'll play every day, and you got the freshmen and sophomores competing for jobs underneath them. And by the time they become juniors and sophomores, there's a whole new freshman and uh, sorry, juniors and seniors, there's a whole new freshman and sophomore class you know, behind them. And it just, it's an opportunity to get old fast and stay old. So if those, Ju- if those Juco guys this year have a big impact, you're going to be able to see this team, you know, be very, very good for a long period of time.
1: Yeah. And this team this year, I was going to say preseason ranked 18th in the D one baseball top 25 picked to finish third in the East. I'll ask you, is that too high, too low, overrated, underrated, like right, kind of right in the, the right spot. Like what, what's your overall take on those rankings and where they're getting picked to finish. I'm a big believer that it preseason polls don't mean anything, right? right. Like the, it's right. fun to look at, but it gives us I something were, to talk about. Gives us something it, to talk yeah,
2: about. Yeah, gives you something to talk about, but if I was a coach, being ranked in between like 12 and 20, somewhere in there is exactly where I want to be to start the season. You don't have these high expectations that you have to fill, but at the same time it gives you your guys on the team something like, "Hey, yo, we are pretty good." you know, we're going to be able to compete with these guys and have something to prove. So um, I think third in the east, though, is right about where I think they're going to finish. Obviously, I think Florida is the best team in the country. And, you know, those guys, if they stay healthy, are going to be a their lineup be, is just stupid. It's stacked. And, and <laughs> the pitcher, I mean, they're starting rotations, probably the best in the country besides Vanderbilt. Um, I think third is a good spot to be to. I think it's it's Good enough to host a regional, and once you get into postseason play, it's all about winning one game at a time. So, um, But we'll see. I mean, like I said, preseason rankings, I don't think have –
1: Like I said, I think it's 18th is high enough to feel good about yourself, but low enough to have a chip on your shoulder. A thousand percent. I I don't know if you saw this, and I tell people this. This is why I love South Carolina baseball so much. Uh, Kingston was asked about that. He said, quote, I'm not going to blow these expectations out of proportion. The expectation here is to win a national championship. We make sure guys know what the expectations are here. We want to go to Omaha. We want to win a national title. I want our guys to feel like number 18 is underrated for us right now. So there you go. Yeah. Um, but it's still high enough where they're like. Yeah. Right, right. You know you have a good squad. You, yeah. You know, you're not a top 20 team for on accident. You got You got some pieces. You got a good yeah. squad. Um, Yeah, like I said, we, we can talk about just the whole national landscape of college baseball because, again, like you mentioned, Florida, Vandy, um, those are really going to be the talks of the town when it comes to you know, the national landscape. Again, it, it's crazy. You hate to leave out the other conferences because I think of, like, Louisville, Miami, like, they're some really good teams. But, dude, you just go down the list of the SEC teams, like Florida, Vandy, Arkansas, Mississippi State, LSU. I mean, it's just – we could have an all-SEC college world series. You <laughs> like, really could. And it could. wouldn't surprise me one year if it actually happens. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, it's like I the know, SEC tournament. Yeah. Like, a couple of years ago, I think there was eight SEC hosts, and they were all matched up where – There was a chance if they all ended up winning, they were going to be in the College World Series. But um, I don't think it ended up playing like that. But if you go look at the SEC as a whole, right, Mm. there's not one weekend that you can take off. Maybe Kentucky this year. I don't think they're going to be as good. But you look at, like, the bottom of the uh, SEC, you got teams like Auburn and Texas A&M and Missouri who – if you blink, they could beat you two out of
1: three in a weekend. Dude, I mean, it's, still, it's crazy. It's crazy. You say like Auburn, cause like yeah. they were so good like two years ago. Yeah. I and mean, they, the they, they, yeah. yeah. I mean, they were nasty. <laughs> and it, it,
2: so it's, it's crazy to like, I know that there's going to be some ACC fans probably listening to this and big 12 fans. Cause they have some right. good teams in those conferences, but I mean, you just can't match weekend for weekend what the SEC has to bring in college baseball. I mean, it's, it's probably equivalent to like a high a baseball season like professionally. Mm-hmm. And so that's why every year you see four or five, six SEC teams hosting super regionals and four or five of them
1: getting to the college world series. Yeah. And uh, who, who are the teams outside of the SEC landscape? That you're you're highest on, I mean, they're yeah. like, you know, if, we, if we're not talking, SEC, like, like I said, give love to all of the other conferences. I mean, what are the, who are the teams for you personally that, uh, that jump out? Yeah.
2: Texas tech is one for sure. Um, I like Texas tech this year. I definitely like teams like, uh, UCLA, they're good year in, year out. Um, I so it, I think is,
1: is Texas back, by the way? I see they're te- ninth. Hey,
2: is Texas, Texas back? <laughs> we talked about that on the first episode this yeah. year. Uh, I think they are, man. I think, yeah. uh, I think what David Pierce has going on over there is just unbelievable. And the thing with Texas though is every year they get these high expectations, and then about halfway through the season, I feel like their players and coaches are like, man, we, we let them down, we let them down, we let them down. And there's always just a negative vibe with Texas baseball, just because their expectations every year is so, so high. Mm. Um, but I think Texas will probably compete uh, for a Big uh, Big 12 championship. Texas Tech, we've seen in Omaha probably for the last six years, something like that. You got Louisville, who I think is going to be very good this year in the ACC. Um, Miami, Miami was young last year and the year before that, and they had a lot of success. So let me try to think. Uh, Big 10-wise, I mean, maybe Michigan, we'll see. But yeah. I think that, that good class that they had, everybody's left so far. Um, and then besides that, like, we got some mid-majors that I think are going to be pretty solid this year, like Coastal Carolina, obviously. Mm-hmm. I barely even count them as a mid-major. East Carolina. that's Carolina is always good. How
1: about UC Santa Barbara at 11th? That's just like S-
2: – Santa Barbara was nasty yeah. last year. <laughs> they, so Santa Barbara had a cool thing happen to them two years ago where they were – they were projected to host a regional, right. And in order to host a regional, you have to have lights at your stadium and they've never, never had lights there. And so they went in and put lights up just in case they hosted a regional and now they think they're still up. So. <laughs>
0: Jeez,
2: love
1: that. Love yeah. that. Um, switching gears a little bit, best baseball venue you've ever been to college, whether player fan, whatever, like what's the best, uh, cause again, I, I know we, we were talking, we were joking off air a little bit, obviously the, uh, shit hit the fan with the Mississippi state and the Arkansas people had yeah. just that man. Again, like you said, what makes the SEC man, the fan bases are just like wild for baseball. It's crazy. Yeah. But, no, uh, some of really your favorite is. venues you've been to.
2: Yeah. So uh, I got a chance to play at Ole Miss and Vanderbilt, my freshman year oh, at uh oh. at UT Martin. And that was a, that was a blast. Even for two midweek games. I mean, the fans showed up, uh, they, they heckled us. It was a great time. Mm-hmm. But as far as just going to like, as a fan, Texas A&M is, is unbelievable. Um, and then Mississippi State, I think, is the king. The king of college baseball stadiums. I went, The dude, uh, man. The, the dude. dude is crazy. I went uh, second weekend of the season after they opened it. My little brother was a part of the Southern Miss baseball team. And uh, I went and watched them play a weekend series against Southern Miss. And the fans there are unbelievable. They're just super, super welcoming. They know they're the best. Uh, and, <laughs> and the stadium itself is, is better than most minor league baseball stadiums.
1: Yeah. And it's crazy because I, I flaunt Founders Park, but man, it's, it's, you, you, I mean, their facilities just, you you can't deny it. You know, yeah. it's, it's Founders Park on steroids. Like. Well,
2: so I've been to Founders Park. I actually took a tour of it. Uh, let's see. It was the January that I started the podcast with James back in 2018. Mm-hmm. And they were pre- like, there was a preseason scrimmage going on. And, dude, I love the location of that. You got like a yeah, – was it yeah. like a river behind it or yeah, something? Yeah, the river, yep. Mm-hmm. River behind it, and it's not too far away from anything else, like within walking distance of some some good spots. So uh, I loved it, man. It was awesome. You could tell that they've poured some money
1: in there since they won the College World Series. It's a uh, great venue. Well, it's funny because I used to – you know, obviously, I loved Sarge Fry Field. I think most people did. And I'm like – when I heard they were getting a new stadium, I was like, why? Sarge is so awesome. And like I said, you walk into Founders Park, and you're like, oh, this yeah. is – this is why, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> this is why. I, I bring that up, man. Cause I was thinking about, it. I'm actually a, uh, i am actually I guess most people don't know this. And by the way, South kind of plays Mississippi state this year, but it's in Columbia, unfortunately, cause I, I would, I'm on my bucket list for sure to take a trip there, but uh, April 16th through 18th. And again, I, I really haven't told anybody this at LSU. I'm going to be heading down to Baton Rouge. Are taking, you really taking all three at Alex? yeah, my sister lives down there. And yeah, you know, that's, that's why I went down there for the football game and, Kind of kill two birds with one stone. Flights are cheap, so I'm like, dude, I'm taking rolling. advantage. Let's go, <laughs> Alex Box, man. What what a what a legendary venue that is, and their fans are something else too. But uh, we we got to talk about again. March, I think it's March fifth. Let me get the dates here. March fifth through the seventh, the Mercer Bears are coming to town, and I'll be rolling Founders up there. With you. <laughs> yeah, no, I, you know we'll. uh We'll definitely have some fun content planned for that weekend and stuff like that. And obviously, man, hey, the, the couch is yours if you want to crash. But uh, I feel like we're going to have to have some kind of friendly wager on that because oh. I mean, if you want to go ahead and Venmo me right now, because there's no way Mercer's taking two out of three. I'm hey, you, you better watch no. out for the Mercer Bears, <laughs> man. I think they uh, they had the longest winning streak of the season last season. I think they
2: started eleven and zero or twelve and zero. Really? Oh yeah. Hey, they got some talent. So they they got too. a squad. They got a they squad. Got a squad. Oh yeah. Okay. Went to a regional. Let's see. 2018 they went to a regional down in uh let's see uh, up in georgia actually mm-hmm. played against like georgia and florida atlantic and uh florida state so mm-hmm. uh th- that that was when they were all freshmen now they're juniors they're gonna be good this year
1: yeah and i know we all can't wait man like i said 18 days away um when this show's dropping at least which will be on monday 18 days away can't wait i, I think it's crazy man. i'm just looking down the schedule second weekend of the season Karen clemson so are you serious? Well, second, yeah, second weekend? So second weekend. You guys weekend.
2: have like Dayton first, right? Yeah,
1: Dayton for three, Tuesday game with Winthrop, and then February 26th through 28th at Clemson, Greenville, and then Founders Park for the uh, the final game. So, so then you so, got, uh, then you got at Winthrop and then Mercer the next weekend. So, Floor Field is uh, going to be that Saturday game, right? Yeah. Yep. So, they're actually – what they're doing right now, they're doing uh, – like this year will be Greenville. Next year, we'll come back to Columbia and do Seeger Park, which is the Fireflies. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the reason that they started doing that is because South has we South has just been losing the Greenville game like every year. And uh, <laughs> enough fans <laughs> complain where they're like, you know, it's, which I mean, it, dude, it, it definitely kind of feels like a second home game because Greenville is, that is literally the biggest hub for Clemson alumni is Greenville. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. It's not that far. So um, I, I'm, kind, you know, I'm biased, but I'd love to see him move to North Augusta, my hometown. They oh, got a the, uh, Green Jackets new field. Yes, they got a fantastic partner that, I think would do a great job hosting it. So I don't know, maybe. I, I love how they do that that series yeah. though, and I wish more teams would do that um, yeah. with the home home and then the neutral site. Such a it's such a super regional vibe. I mean, it is yeah. like you're you're you know, <clears throat> obviously with covering it, you know, man, like you, you're locked into the game, but like you know what it feels like to hang on every pitch. Exactly, like every pitch is like. The last pitch. You know and you I mean? can like, feel
2: momentum swings like oh every single
1: pitch too. There's nothing – I mean, there's nothing worse, honestly, than being in the stadium because I've gone to all three games the last two seasons – uh, or three seasons, actually. Three seasons. There's nothing worse than being in the building when, like, you know, their team gets a big RBI and you're just like – you feel that pit in your stomach like, shit. Mm-hmm. That was that This was might that moment. snowball. Yeah, that was this that moment. Snowball. But I will say there's also no feeling like I was there in 2019 – when South Carolina won at Clemson, the Friday night game at Clemson, when Brett Carey came in and shoved, yeah, I do remember basically that. Basically, made his debut, like you know, the, the welcome to the uh, welcome to the party, Brett Carey. But there is no better feeling than beating them in their house. Oh God, dude, I, I just one of the top moments. I could just I see the him. smile on your face. It yeah. means something. I mean, like, <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, and then. Then you end up taking two out of three and all that. I, I'll ask you again, switching gears a little bit, just about the game of baseball in general. Before we came on, obviously, I sent you over this awesome stat spreadsheet. Um, are you a big analytics guy? I mean, are you – because, again, we – you know, I, I know you're a little bit younger than me, but analytics has really taken off the last yeah. couple of years. And I, I know that, like, when I played, I mean, you never thought about spin rate and you just throw the ball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like. If you have a good breaking as ball, hard as you can. Yeah. yeah. If you have a good breaking ball, you have a good breaking ball. I don't even know spin, but now it's you know spin rate and and launch angle. God, look, just everybody pounds that in your head. Launch and Kingston, Kingston's very analytical. Whereas, like again, Ray Tanner, you know, and it just wasn't in that era of baseball. What, what's your thoughts on analytics? Because again, obviously, it's taken baseball by storm. Right. So. I'm not going to say that I'm a firm, firm
2: believer in analytics. Like, obviously, I think there's a good place for it in baseball. And I I do think that it has been overused to a certain extent, you know, getting the human element out of the game, which I completely disagree with. But as far as like the the ideological, I can't pronounce that word. The ideology ideology. Uh, there we go. Thanks, Chris. Um, the ideology, not, not an
1: English major.
2: <laughs> yes, no, but the, the philosophies behind it, I really can get a part of. And I, so I love the fact that, you know, teams are trying to hit the ball in the air more. They're trying to, you know, hit the ball their hardest when fastballs are coming and hunting pitches in certain counts and getting data and correlating that to the players and letting them make their own decisions. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, you know, all the way growing up, I had hitting coaches telling me, you know, low and hard the other way, like hit the ball low and hard the other way. And every once in a while, your swing will get there and you'll pull it up in the air. And like, I bought into that, obviously. And I was like, okay, like, that's a good way to think. So in batting practice, I'm hitting like ground balls, a shortstop, ground balls, a shortstop. Like, and I'm just like, this sucks. Like, what am I doing here? Like, this isn't my swing. (laughs) And uh, so I wish, I mean, I wish I would have known more about like launch angle and getting your bat in the right position and keeping it on playing as long as possible. Um, And so those are the things I kind of agree with. I was never a pitcher. So mm-hmm. this is probably gonna mean more to you. But as far as like spin rate and finding out how your pitch works, you know, getting to the plate, like does it rise a little bit? Does mm-hmm. it have sync to it? Yeah. You know, is your change up, you know, elite amongst people your your age? Uh curveball versus slider, which one works better for you? That's the kind of stuff that I, I fall in love with. Cause yeah. I'm so like I'm so foreign to it that I'm not min- like I'm not attached to certain things. I never did anything with it. But as far as like if I was a pitcher and I found out that my four seam is has a spin rate and actually rises a little bit to the plate, I would just ditch my two seam fastball and just stick with that. And that's what a lot of guys in the major leagues are doing. Guys like Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole throwing two seams their whole life. And they're like, that doesn't work. Like my four seam is my effective fastball. So um, but to answer your question, I look at stats, I look at the advanced stats as far as like on base weighted plus and that kind of stuff. But like, I, it doesn't mean too much to me. I like the human element of the game. Of you know, can this guy get the job done? Can he perform at
1: a high level? Uh, yeah, that's like, could of- could you ever envision like people have suggested like uh, robotic umpires or whatever? Yeah, no. Like, God, ah, that would no, just—I mean, no, that is no, deep. no. <laughs> and then, you know, uh, we—I feel like like every couple of months we see these stupid ideas come. How how can we improve the game? How can we get more people to watch? If you don't like baseball, you're not going to watch it. Bottom exactly. Off. You know what I mean? Like, just because you – I mean, I saw something that was like, let's let's uh, move the mound back. I'm like, oh, my
2: God. Dude. Could you like, imagine, like, the injuries <laughs> that would come along with I that?
1: mean, what? Come yeah. on. Get like, out of
2: here. You think adding a
1: robot umpire is going to bring tens of thousands more fans? Like, no <laughs> shot. Or like, or, like, when they – or, like, the one that I thought was stupid, which you might disagree with this, but the the three-batter minimum. Like I what, was just about to bring that, that up. Thing? Like, no more lefty <laughs> specialists? No, I mean, that's just, like – let the strategy be the strategy. Just because you shorten the game by twelve minutes, it doesn't mean that people are going to watch now. You know? It's like, like
2: trying to change the rules of chess. It's like, all right, yeah. your 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 night can only go two spaces instead of four, because it's yeah. going to speed the game up. And it's
1: like I, no. I will say though, let guys pimp home runs. Let, let them back. A thousand flip. percent. Um, you know, this might sound crazy because again, I was a pitcher, but like I'm I get it in the heat of the moment because again I've been there. I mean I've thrown it a guy. Bottom yeah. line, but we we we've if you've pitched you've thrown it a guy at some point. But like I I just don't like I think it's stupid. Like kind of like almost like the ego of baseball where it's right. like oh you pimped one I, now I gotta throw at this dude's head. It's like come on man yeah. like just strike him out like I don't know I, I don't. Uh, you know, and then and then you know, I, I talk to a guy. It's like, yeah, you, you have to empty out of the bullpen when that happens, or they're gonna fine you. I'm like, come on, man! Like, so this is, stupid. This is so dumb. <laughs> like, it's so petty. Yeah, it's so, it's so petty. petty. Yeah. it's so petty. But, but I, I agree with the with the pimping the home runs and stuff. Man, you got to do it. Because what's the guy with the white sock? Is it Tim Howard or whatever? What's is that? Is Tim name? Beckham? Beckham. Yeah, yeah, he he's been doing that a lot. I yeah. mean, yeah. yes, it's good Let, for the game, man. Later, man. The game Baseball viral. needs personalities. It yeah. needs personalities. It and really that's does. That's how you get them. Yeah. You want
2: something to go viral on Twitter. Like, what do you think? Like, you know, pimping a home run or like hitting a home run and putting your head
1: down and sprinting to first base. It's like, yeah. it's not even a question. Like, let I me mean, one, one of the clips I put out, uh Gamecock baseball clip was, and I, I doubt people even remember this, but Brady Allen hit a home run at Tennessee. I mean, again, I'm just watching on the stream, whatever, like the rest of us, but Brady Allen hit a home run at Tennessee. And it was one of those bat flips where he like, he swung and he threw it like a tomahawk or whatever. Oh, I mean, and I was like, dude, this, this pitcher just needs to, hang the cleats up yeah you're done you're done (laughs) (laughs) how the pitcher did not like bull rush him for that i I don't know i don't know but uh no i kind of fall the same way you do man with the analytics like i I think it's important you need to be able to recognize the data and accept Mm -hmm. the data for what it is and and make adjustments off the data but also like you know if i was evaluating a evaluating a manager uh or or a coach like kingston or whatever having that that just that baseball instinct you got about instinct you have to have it because
2: gut feeling and instinct
1: you hear stories of ray tanner man it was just like one of those things like you know we talk about the baseball gods the baseball guys like tanner was the baseball god yes he he, if he said it wasn't gonna rain it wasn't bottom line (laughs) i mean i've I've had guys literally tell me stories like dude we had like a hundred percent chance he's like no we're gonna play sure enough he's like if he says it and i mean literally i'll tell you this story so you probably remember the super regional at uh Coastal Carolina when when Christian Walker hit the big three right. run homer or whatever pr- um, I'm
2: pretty sure he pimped that home run too I oh, remember watching oh yeah it. <laughs> oh
1: yeah yeah I, I I literally I got him on the show actually like two years ago great conversation I mean obviously mm-hmm. a big leaguer um, hell he had a home run off Clayton Kershaw not many guys can say that but uh, yeah I, I, I forget who it was I had I don't know if it, know if it was Christian or uh, I think it was Bobby Haney maybe I, I don't know whatever But, basically he, in the dugout during that in- inning he was telling the guys all right. Here's what's going to happen. Jackie's going to get on. We're going to bunt him over to second. Christian's going to come up, hit a home run. We're going to take lead. Like, he literally – and it happened exactly like he said it. Like, well, he just he just is, knew.
2: He just knew. My question is, why is he bunting him over if he knew Christian was going to – Well, hit a home I don't run? know if
1: that's the exact scenario. <laughs> it was like, we're going to steal with Jackie, oh, okay. whatever. Yeah. But it's just like every little thing, he broke it down. I mean, just the greatness of Tanner, man. The greatness of Tanner. Yeah. So, so, hey, Chris, so I know I'm on your show right now, but I have yeah. to ask
2: you some questions. I'm gonna yeah, yeah you for some sure. Questions now. Yeah, that's cool. I think the listeners are going to like this. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to start with an easy one of, uh, which is your favorite South Carolina uniform? Uh, if you had to wear
1: one the rest of the time, what would it be? <laughs> you have to go with Friday night pins. You just Friday night to. pins. You, you, you have to. I mean, I love the Yankee Grays. Yeah. And I will say, I think, our, and I, I don't know if you've probably followed me long enough. Like, I am a big uniform guy. Yeah, I know you are. <laughs> Bro, it, dude, <laughs> it can't. Killed me for a while that South Carolina was wearing, you know, they got the garnet tops and the black tops that have, you know, the garnet tops with black writing, black, black tops with garnet writing, which I think is probably our most underrated uniform. Like those black yeah. jerseys are fire. Yes. Um, and I will say this, the new black throwback pins or whatever, the white with the black uh, pinstripes with the SC interlocking SC on the front. Oh yeah. 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 Though, that they released last year. Those are sick. Um, but it dude, it, it killed me when they were wearing those tops. And they were wearing the wrong hat. Like they were wearing like they would wear like the black top with the garnet writing and they wore a black hat with white SC when they have oh a garnet. God. I'm like, Oh my <laughs> God. It's just like the little things. I'm like, dude, <laughs> we literally have a hat same way with garnet. And then the thing that killed me too, I mean, you know, every, every team has like, these are our Fridays. These are our Saturdays. These are our Sundays. Mm-hmm. Maybe you mix up the Saturday. Sunday. most team has a Friday uni most sure. teams do. Kingston's first year. I mean, unforgivable, dude. (laughs) South Carolina was wearing their Friday night pins on a Tuesday. And I'm like, no! No, you you cannot do do that. (laughs) No, bro, that is such, like, a Bush League, like, just. Midweek
2: games are made for the alternate uniforms. Like, that's a rule of college baseball. You wear your cool, like,
1: alternate uniforms on midweeks. Yeah, but, yeah, I mean, I'd I'd have to say the Friday night pins. I mean, I I love the Yankee Grays, but are you more more of a traditional uniform guy or, like, a crazy, like, what Vandy does, like, with the camo? Or, like, Mississippi State, you know, they got the all black, like, are, are you more traditional or like the crazy unis? I'm a very big traditional guy. I like
2: whites. Um, and then every once in a while, if a team looks good in them, pinstripes. Uh, I'm a big gray baseball fan. I, I think baseball is getting away from it. You see a lot of teams now, especially in Major League Baseball, where like the alternate colored uniform with gray right. pants on the road. I just like the pure grays. And yeah. I thought South Carolina, that's why I brought up the question. Yankee grays. The Yankee grays, the Yankee sick, grays when they were winning College World Series, was unbelievable. I, I loved it. And I don't think people appreciated it enough. Because those things
1: are clean. Oh my God! Yeah, they're, um, they're, and we believe it or not, bro. We have some fans that don't like those uniforms. I'm like, you are on drugs, really? you oh my you're gosh. you're insane.
2: I'm a big Honestly. fan though of throwback jerseys, like the yeah, like the V cut. You know, I wish we do
1: more. I wish we would do more throwbacks Again, bringing yeah. back those uh the black pins with the S because South kind of yeah. wore those in like the early 2000s when they were going to the College World Series and those look really really good with yeah. the black hat and everything, but. <clears throat> I wish they do more throwbacks. Yeah. We we yeah. have some good options too. They they actually have some throwbacks with the teams like in the seventies wore the block C on really? that. Yeah. Which I think would be, I don't if know. I mean, be, what, what would you, what would your reaction be if they brought those
2: out randomly this year? Would that'd be awesome. Be I'd, lo- I'd love
1: it. I mean, cause it'd, it'd be a, it'd be a one-off type thing. You yeah. know what I mean? Like if you need to, you need to make that like a special thing, you know, don't, yeah. don't like, some people ask me about, do you like the script helmet in football? I'm like, I like it, but don't wear it every game. It, I, I don't like it that much. But, yeah, you want to mix it up every now and then, whatever. But, man, Carolina baseball. So, they need to get back to – I mean, the rotation's good now, but it's Friday night pins. Saturday you'll have – which for a while I wasn't a huge fan of their Saturday. It was the all-white with the black SC before they had the throwback ones. and Those were kind of just math But then you had the Sunday garnets, the garnet tops on Sundays. and Oh, yeah. I love it, dude. I, like I said, I, I probably complain about unis as much as I complain about anything. <laughs> <laughs> yep, I see it on Twitter. Yes. and uh, especially, so cool. especially the baseball unis.
2: Yeah, and okay, so I have two more <clears throat> questions for you. All right. All right, so this one might you know, tug at the heartstrings a little bit, but if you had to get rid of one player in South Carolina baseball history from these three that I'm about to tell you, okay. All right. That erased from South Carolina memories forever, who would it be? And this might be a tough one. <laughs> so you have Whit Merrifield, you got Jackie Bradley Jr. and you got Michael Roth. One of those three never played at South Carolina. I got to go
1: JBJ. It, it's, really? It's actually kind of easy because, I mean, you think about it, man, like wit, walk off it. You cannot right. take that away. <laughs> Roth, the the impact that Michael Roth had, cannot take that away. Probably
2: the best story in college baseball for those, for yeah. those two years.
1: Yeah. Jackie, I mean, obviously some Oklahoma game. I mean, you, you don't get there without Jackie, but – I think of the three, he probably had the, I mean, I say least impact, like he did nothing. I mean, the guy was the freaking <laughs> college world series MVP in 20. Yeah. So it'd probably be JBJ for me. I love, I love JBJ. I mean, literally, I'm still trying to get him on the podcast. I'm still DMing him like every two weeks. Yeah. You know, the, the, now, the, the, you know man, the pro guys are busy. So, but no, I now, I'd probably say JBJ. Did if I remember correctly, and I was probably only like 15
2: <clears> or 16 <throat> at this time, but was he a shortstop at one point? Maybe not.
1: I don't remember that. Okay. I, don't remember that. I, I mean, For some reason I wouldn't I, doubt it. I wouldn't doubt it. I <laughs> For some wouldn't reason, doubt I have it. memories of him playing shortstop, and they might no, just he be was, made up. He played outfield the whole time. I, I'll tell you this story. I went to the 2000 and I think it was 2011, I want to say. So, yeah, yeah, 2011 South Carolina Clemson game in Greenville. I, I was still at Newberry, obviously, at the time, but we had like – it was like spring break. We had that – you know, guys like, you want to take a road trip, Tuesday, yeah. whatever. That's, that's when Carolina Clemson were playing in the midweek. Yeah. Um. They were still doing that thing. And, dude, I thought I'd seen a good arm from the outfield. Like, you know, I was like, yeah, I've, I've seen, you know, I, I played with this guy in high school, played at College at Charleston. Like, I was like, dude, he's got a cannon. Bro, watching Jackie Bradley Jr. throw the ball down <laughs> from deep center on a line and, like, all <laughs> the catcher in the chest. I was like, yo. I mean, he literally throws, like, 102 from the outfield. I yeah. mean, it's, it's stupid, dude. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um that's a good answer I, I thought maybe you were gonna go with uh with michael roth but oh, i can see why you're just mentally could never. yeah, yeah. Could never perfect and okay and the last question for you chris so what has been the coolest moment since you've started the show as far as like fan interaction like have you ever just been walking down the road and someone's going like yo spurs up show like or chris what's up like how does that how
1: do the fans or like south carolina faithful like how do they treat you in public no they treat me great man it's been awesome yeah and that that i mean Again, not to toot my own horn. That happens a, a pretty good bit. I mean, especially yeah. when you go to games, and obviously we're not going quite as much now because of because of COVID and everything. But uh, no, I mean it's 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 great. I mean, ha- it happens on a pretty regular basis. I mean, I literally got business cards made for that reason because I didn't have business cards for the longest time because I was like, you know, my business card is social media. But I'm like, dude, I'm right. I'm meeting so many people out and about. And like, I-, I went to two football games this year, and I mean, you know people will be like, Oh, it's the spurs up dude. Or people will know me by name or what like. The crazy part is when people are like, yo, can I get a picture with you? Yeah. I'm like, wow. Cause that's I mean, I've cool. I, I really like, I really try to take the ego out of it. You know what I mean? Dude. I, I mean, I could go on this whole thing about like self-development and whatever, but like take the ego out. I really think of myself like, I'm just a guy that does a podcast. I mean, that's not, oh. I'm not taking away from what I'm doing. I know my work is, I know it's, it's, it's good work obviously, yeah. but like, you know, I try to detach the ego from it. I'm not like, Oh, I'm, you know, whatever. But, no, it's cool, man. It, it's a cool feeling. It's uh, it's just a it's – a, it's a certain validation. Um, and I, I'll say this, though, too. You know, meeting the, the relationships I've been able to build with some people that have done some legendary things at South Carolina, like that. that is – I mean, literally getting to casually conversate with Steven Garcia and yeah. D.J. Swearinger and Michael Roth and Christian Walker and guys – I mean, guys that have done incredible things at USC – um getting to learn about them on a more personal level like their journey they're they're st- that's really what i love that's why i do like this that's why i do mm-hmm. the guest interviews i just genuinely enjoy hearing people's stories because there's a lot of guys that again people just see them as oh that's you know they're just an athlete and they did this on the field these are their stats but like mm-hmm. you know it's interesting when you give people the floor and it's like how did your experience go because not everybody had you know hey there's trust me I've i've talked to some guys that you know, and even off air, you know, that are Gamecock legends that you'd be surprised that their experience wasn't as great as you thought it might have been. You know what I mean? Like, but hearing the real human side is uh, cool. But no, dude, it's it's yeah. it's a blessing, man. Like uh, people, you know, shouting out, saying what's up. I don't I definitely don't take it for granted. It's yeah. wild, honestly. So so,
2: so kind of like fill me in on this, because when I followed you originally on social media, you were you were basically a golf caddy yeah. who had a social media page that you were trying to grow. So, like, how did it get to the point of, like, you know what? Like, screw this golf caddying stuff. Like, I want to take yeah. this full-time. I want to do this as my passion. Yeah. Like, kind of enlighten me on that because I'm in that same position right now with the college baseball yeah. podcast. Like, Yeah,
1: so I, I was actually working in Charlotte for four years doing, like, digital marketing sales, and I would do the the, the caddying stuff on the side. I'd done that in college and, um, yeah. you know, made some pretty good money, all cash under the table, whatever. Like, really, you know, good stuff, whatever. Right. Um, But, dude, honestly, man, it was just one of those things where – I kind of felt like for a while it was something I could do, but didn't really know where to start. You know, didn't have the platform. Then, you know, shout out Armchair All Americans. Uh, They were the ones that they were looking for a South kind of writer. And I just – you know, I'd always been big on social media. Like, I always liked social media and, you know, the inner workings of it, whatever. And found them, and they were looking for a South kind of contributor. Like, hey, you know, we have a Twitter account with 30 followers, and we don't have an Instagram or a Facebook, but we'll give you full creative control and, you know, just submit two pieces a week. And it just – just for me i was like dude just to have the opportunity even i mean I, like you said when you when you're talking about the podcast getting 15 listens bro trust me i remember in the beginning i would write articles and an article get submitted and posted on, on the website i was literally texting them to my friends and that's probably the only people that were reading it yeah i mean and i, I remember the days of the podcast getting i remember hitting 100 listeners or 100 listens and i'm like wow we did something
2: like, <laughs> you're yeah, like triple digits I mean, yeah i people.
1: mean honestly like i mean but you, you know you you have to start somewhere, like I said. I mean, just start. That's one of my, my favorite things to say. I mean, just I, I, that's the advice I give people do when they ask me mm-hmm. about, like, you know, uh, what's the one piece of advice you give, like, a creator? And it's like, bro, just start. Because you got to start from somewhere, and you're probably not going to be very good in the beginning. And, I, I mean, you know, the first ever episodes on YouTube are, like, the first 50 episodes are on YouTube, and they're bad. They're bad. I'm not going to lie. Really? I'll they're have wrong. to go back and they're, look. <laughs> they're just – I mean, you know, you you – they're just different. You know what I mean? Like I've really sharpened up since then. I mean, heck I've done 371 episodes. I should have, you know what I mean? Right. (laughs) Like, but you get better and you evolve and you grow. But man, honestly, it was just one of those things where, you know, I had the platform and I mean, the biggest thing in growing, and I I tell you this man, honestly, is like consistency, like just consistent content creation. Cause like when I started, I, I, the biggest thing was this, I, I was like, you know, there, there might be, I'm not going to be the guy that's giving out box scores, because if they want a box score, they're going to go to ESPN, they're going to go to Gamecock Central, the Big Spur, the State, whatever. My plan was, you know, I'm going to be opinionated, be honest, you know, call it like I see it, whatever. But I'm, I'm going to put out so much content. I, only, I may only have because the biggest battle you fight, right, is is the credibility game on social media. Like who wants to listen to a, an account with 100 followers? right like hard for you to break news or anybody take you yep. seriously I've right been there before very yep. hard because they're like who's this guy like what is what does he know even if you you could have all the connections in the world but on social media in that space you're judged based off your follower count bottom line A thousand percent yeah A thousand percent so um the way i looked at it I was like you know what? How, how i'm gonna beat that i'm just going to post so much content that it's like undeniable like people are i, I that's i still operate that way i mean you probably see it i'm like I want even the people that don't like me, that want to have nothing to do with me, they're going to see me on their feed. You just can't help it. You, you yep. just cannot help it. So, no, I mean, I believe in consistent content creation and, and obviously, you know, being being genuine, being, I say being cutting edge, but just be yourself, you know what I mean? I, sure. I really believe in like for people, like you're, you're one person, you're you're a one of one. There's nobody else like Ben Upton. There's nobody yeah. else like Chris Phillips. Like people worry about trying to be different and everything. If you're just genuine to yourself, you're gonna be different because there's nobody would,
2: that's you. It would be so hard to be somebody else for 371 episodes, like you said. Yeah. Like you have yeah. to be genuine, or you else you just—it's hard the to be real, fake for that long. Real
1: will always win in the end. Like that's honestly, why, like there's been there's been a lot of like social media, this and that. Like honestly, bro, like I can genuinely sit here and tell you, there's I, I don't think I regret a single thing I've ever said because maybe it wasn't right, but in that moment, it was. It felt to, right. It was true to me. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, obviously people say don't lie because then you have to remember everything you said. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't live with that. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because I just, I try to just keep it real 24 seven. And, you know, I just tell people in my world, you know, when you, when you put out as many takes as I do, especially like on Twitter and you put out as many takes as I do, man, there's going to be one pissing somebody off, bottom line. So you just it, would kinda, be, you it would be, you got to keep it It would be impossible not to. You know what I mean? And I mean, like, here's there's... the thing. Here's the thing, bro. Again, we, we could get into like a whole conversation on this, this subject, but, you know, there, there's plenty of game cock fan pages out there or whatever that they want to be doing what I'm doing. Right. Mm -hmm. And they keep their stuff positive a thousand percent of the time. And again, there's more than one way to do it. Like I'm not telling people that they should run things this way or that way, but it's like, well, why are they not, or we are? Because I think people like to be challenged. They don't want to agree with everything. Like they may that's say the thing. they do, but
2: they don't. Like, they, want, they want their opinions to be heard. And the right. only way their opinions are going to get heard is if they think one way different than you. So right. like social media interaction, and I know you know this uh, just from experience, but people only care about things that they love and things that they hate, right? And right. that's the way that interaction goes. And I would say 70% of the interactions we get on 11.7 are people who disagree with me or think I'm an idiot or, you know, this is dumb. You need to do this different, blah, blah, blah. But like those interactions add up. And the more interactions you get, the more followers you get. And then when you have one person saying something that's wrong, you have three more saying like, no, 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 you're wrong. And it just goes back and forth. And that's how you build a brand like what you did. So
1: okay. now, I, I had a guy, a buddy of mine that works in radio. He told me that, uh, I think he said, like, when Howard Stern was really big, the average Howard Stern fan or listener listens for, like, on average, I don't know, let's just throw out a number, an hour. Yeah. The average Howard Stern hater listens for, like, three hours. They listen to the whole thing. Right. Because they're trying to find things, like, pick you apart. But, like, that's why it's like politics. Yeah. That's why I always say, though, like, when I was reflecting on 2020, like, I'm genuinely appreciative of the people that don't like me. Yeah. Because like I look at it as like, bro, there should be people that don't like me. My content, the way I go about things, it's the way you do things, it's not made for everybody. Some people want the cookie cutter, never gonna rub you the wrong way. You know, hey, your show, you might shit on Carolina. I don't if we if we suck, you're gonna say we suck. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) some people don't wanna hear that. They wanna live in this little imaginary bubble, you know what I mean? Of of and that's you probably see that again a lot on my timeline with just you know, calling Carolina basketball the way it is right now. We could go on a whole thing with that. Like, it's just – some people want to live in this little safe bubble where it's like, oh, everything's great. My teams are all really good. And, like – but what – I'll tell you this, man. On the baseball side of things, what really irritates me, and I know it's different. I understand – like, Carolina baseball has true tradition. Like, we we have tradition. Bottom line, the standard yep. should be Omaha. I'm not saying that. But I'm like, bro, why is every other sport not held the same standard? Because, bro – If Carolina baseball misses the postseason this year, they're going to be coming after Kingston like none other. I mean, Chad Holbrook was – you know, I'm not saying he was a perfect coach, but, man, it's not like we were terrible. I mean, you're talking about a team that went to the Supers in 2014 against UNC and and went to regionals and hosted. And, like, it's like, why is the same energy not carried across every other school? Exactly. I I just don't understand it, but whatever. I think expectations are a great thing. For sure. Bro, and care, care, that's what I I love Carolina baseball so much because number one I just do, and by the way I'm surprised you didn't ask this, but I'll tell you this because I want to see if you recognize. I'm sure you'll know the name. My favorite Carolina baseball player of all time, though, I haven't had him on the show yet. Justin Smoke. Not, like, oh my god, no that was question. my idol. That was legend. my idol. Legend, <laughs> legend. And he got drafted <laughs> to Texas. He got yeah. drafted to Texas. Legend, played, bro.
2: Played uh probably like six or seven years in the majors, I'd yeah. say.
1: Yeah. Um, you know you he's did- playing. He's playing in Japan now is he He really he signed good league yeah oh yeah yeah Yeah, that's a good league um you did have
2: uh one of my i'm not gonna call him a friend because i don't know him too well but like an acquaintance uh someone from my hometown you had him on the show uh reed morgan yeah yeah Yeah, he's from he's from kingwood texas just like me and uh i knew his sister pretty well yeah and reed's uh, awesome man yeah awesome dude got him in studio
1: and just a swaggy guy, man.
2: Swaggy guy. <laughs> I used to love
1: watching him pitch at South Carolina too. Just fearless. The Moxie, man. He he yeah. he, th- he throws like he throws a hundred. Like that's yeah. is it, that's how he. Cares. Which is how you got to be. I mean, you know, man. It's yeah. and that and that no. There's no. I mean, I'm sure you'd agree with this, man. One of the reasons I love baseball. There's there is no chess match, no duel like pitcher versus hitter in, in oh, sport. Yeah. In sport, in my opinion, yeah. there's nothing. nothing nothing like it
2: the the next closest is probably like field goal kicker versus goal post (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah for sure that's the the other mental battle yeah
1: entertainment value uh no doubt so ben we could go all night man i I appreciate you uh you know taking the time to do this obviously it's uh like i said people stay tuned we've got some big things planned for when mercer uh makes the road trip to columbia but let everybody know before you go how how they can listen because obviously again i know i know we've got a lot of listeners in here that Truly, genuinely, just enjoy college baseball. I mean, you know, obviously they love Carolina baseball, but you know they want to know what the SEC is doing. And you guys are obviously probably going to talk about the SEC and, and I'm sure SouthCon at some point, hopefully for good reasons, a lot. But uh, yeah, let everybody know where they can where they can listen to you guys' show.
2: Yeah, so we're on all, all I think every single podcast platform like Spotify, and Apple Podcasts. Um, I don't think we're quite on Google yet. We're working on it, but uh, yeah, we're we're going to be releasing a show every sunday until the season starts and then we're going three times a week like we always have been so it'll be sunday nights wednesday nights friday nights we'll be releasing so uh we're sticking to the schedule this year uh we're gonna have some good guests coming on and chris we gotta have you on the show one of these days
1: probably close yeah, to this i'd day. love it yeah love and, it, man. Uh, hey, Carona Clem, clemson weekend man if you want to do oh, it or, or the, like i said or the mercer week i, I we will we're gonna have some fun stuff for that i, yeah, I really man. want to uh you know make that a thing but yeah ben appreciate it man 11.7 podcast be sure to check out the show let's do it again soon man two and a half weeks two and whenever a half you weeks. need me whenever you
2: need me i'm, I'm available two and a half <laughs> weeks
1: so again he's been up in of 11.7 podcast appreciate you guys tuning again we'll talk to you soon thanks